Hey everyone, welcome back to the Watchlist Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Boyer, joined today by Allison Girardi. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be on your podcast. Of course, it's great having you. So uh, like most of my other guests, uh, Allison is a uh, graduate of Kutztown. Are you still there or did you graduate? Sorry. No, I I did. I graduated in the spring. Okay, gotcha. (laughs) Before all of this, uh, I can't even imagine trying to graduate with with all this going on. But uh, so yeah, no, Allison's a a Kutztown graduate of the same department that uh, most of the other guests of the show have been from. uh, the Department of Cinema, Television, Media Production. So uh, I guess uh, we'll talk about that first. How was uh, your Kutztown experience? Oh, wow. My Kutztown experience was amazing. Um, I didn't start off as a film major. Um, I was like a sports study and leisure major because I was on the basketball team. Mm -hmm. But um, once I – like I always wanted to do – the cinema television media production and once I did I was so happy because we had the best teachers I think yeah. out of like any major they were all very like hands-on and um kind of hippies you know I like that some of them were like really funny you know yeah, yeah yeah for sure but I had such a good experience in our um in our field and um I think one of my favorite things that we did was like doing live event for the basketball games and yeah. uh, hockey. Were you in live event like during that, or did you have to do football? Uh, we did the basketball season when I took that. Yes. Yeah. Same. What was the project? That one project that we worked on. Uh, we were in uh, lighting together. We did the. We had to replicate the shots uh, or like yeah. the lighting setups of uh, Eyes Wide Shut. At my I suggestion. <laughs> I do. I remember that. I remember that. I was like, I know we had to work on like at least, a, I think we worked on a couple of projects together, to be honest with you. Mm, I think that's the only one, but I wish that I, that we did get the chance to work more often. Cause we I saw your, uh, together, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, cause I did see your, uh, I, I, I forget how I saw, I think it was just on uh, YouTube or something where I was looking up like other people who had gone to Kutztown, but I found your demo reel and a lot of the stuff looked uh, really interesting. So I guess we can use that oh, as like, you. a. Uh, We'll use that. So, like, I, and again, going off of that, I saw there was a lot of like writing and directing and editing credits that you'd included in there. So, uh, I guess, like, what is like the role that you kind of feel most comfortable in? Are you just kind of like, a, I like to do everything, or do you kind of fall into like a couple categories of like being really passionate about doing something? I definitely feel like I'm a better um, writer than uh, like cinemato- cinematographer. Mm um and like better director i definitely love like photography and stuff i feel like my video work could definitely get a lot better and my editing videos like i'm wouldn't say i'm like i'm like i'm definitely mediocre at editing video but i'm pretty pretty good at um pretty confident with like my photography mm-hmm. but like, compared to like an on set thing. I definitely like to be like a DP, like a director of photography in school and college. I did write a lot of the things that um, like I produced, like with my groups, like I usually was the one who like wrote whatever we were going to shoot, um, which was something that I was like proud of and always kind of like, wasn't like aggressive about it, but I always wanted to like put myself out there. Cause I mm-hmm. feel like in our major, there wasn't a lot of like 
girls in our major at all. Like, a lot of my classes, there would be, like, 30 people and, like, three girls. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, my groups would be, like, and, like, our teachers would separate all the girls to each group. So it would be, like, six guys and, like, one girl. And I felt, like, a lot of times my ideas were kind of, like, either, like, dismissed or kind of, like, ignored maybe. So it kind of made me get more confident in myself to speak, like, what roles I wanted to really be on because it got to a point where I was, like, I either, like, need to do something or I'm not going to be a part of this project, you know? Like, my like it would just be, like, me putting in my name on a project that I didn't even work on. Right. So, like, working with that, like, I was able to find out, like, my niche, which is writing. And I do, like, acting, too, like, the one um, skit that I did in my last class, actually, in college, I wrote and I acted in, it was called A Bad Trip, and it was, like, mm. a horror a horror film, like, a short, and I really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. Like, it was out of my comfort zone and everything, so I got to write and direct it and act in it, and that was something I really loved. Yeah, and I remember seeing clips from that in that, uh, in that reel that I saw, and it looked really impressive just from the little bits that I that I got the chance to see. Yeah, but, uh, I definitely, like, looking back on it, like I said, like, I wasn't, like, I'm not super confident with, like, my video editing skills. I wish I would have, like, handed off the editing process to, like, maybe someone else in the group. I feel like it might have been, um, com- like, they might have been able to, like, compile it better, you know, and, like, mm-hmm. work with the sound better. But overall, I was pretty happy with how it turned out. Is there any way to watch that one online anywhere or? Yeah, it is. I could definitely like link that to you. Okay, yeah. So check out the uh, description if you guys are interested in checking out that uh, that short film. I'll definitely drop that in there. Uh, so then, I but that kind of is one thing that we'll get into a little bit later. What the, what you said about the whole representation issue of there not really being uh, uh, exactly half and half ratio of women versus men in the in the field that we want to get into. But uh, I guess just a couple more questions that I, I generally like to ask every guest. Uh, so we talked a little bit about like the roles and stuff that you like that, to be involved with that you feel most confident in. Uh, but one thing that uh, I have always found with uh, whenever I watch like an interview with a director or an editor or anyone like that, uh, I think that creative people inherently want to do creative things with their life. But whenever you listen to people who do movies or photography and all that, they, they talk about, Oh, well, I've always kind of wanted to do this, but there was like a, there was one moment or there was one movie that I saw that like really pushed me over the edge and made me believe that I could, uh, I could go out and do what I wanted to do. So I was wondering, do you have a, uh, a movie or like a moment where you, it all kind of fell into place for you? Honestly, when I first thought, like, wow, like, I want to, like, work on a movie set was when I first saw Wayne's World. I know that is (laughs) when I first saw Wayne's World. I was like, I love this because, you know, like, if you've seen Wayne's World, they show also kind of like it's like they run a show from their house. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was like, this is totally something like that I would want to do. Like, I want to have my own show like with my friends. Like, I want to be like a host or like, you know be like the person who's like five four three two like i just loved it and i thought it was so awesome and did you know wayne's world was actually like directed by a woman no i didn't know that i didn't even know that that's crazy yeah i didn't know that for like the longest time yeah and it was so it's so weird that um that was like one of the first movies that like i saw that i was like wow i could i could 
I could do this. Like, I would love to do this. Mm. Was it kind of like, was it just a general, like, I want to be on a movie set, period? Or was it just kind of like, oh, I mean, I really want to direct or I really want to be, like, the uh, the star? Like, what was it like at first? I definitely always wanted to be the star. Like, mm. Loki, Loki always wanted to, like, be in front of the camera and, like, be a, be, I don't know, you know, be, like, an actress and, like, be really dramatic and, like, do all of that type of stuff. I loved, like... Um, oh, I know it also I love in Wayne's World was like the performances, like with the mm-hmm. girls. Like I always want to kind of be like in a video, like a music video or something like that. Gotcha. Yeah. So I want, like, I definitely like when I was younger, like I, and I first started like, oh, getting interested in movies, I wanted to be like an actress or like a famous actor. But as I got older, I was like, you know, I could like write my own movie. Mm-hmm. And um, I started writing a lot. Um, I wrote a lot when I was, I've always loved to write, but writing is something that I definitely like have been into since I was younger and keep on doing it. Script writing. That Mm. was awesome. And it's one of those passions that it doesn't really cost anything to pursue. Like this whole like industry is kind of like, uh, oh man, you gotta have the nicest camera. You gotta have a really good mics. You gotta be able to go out and find people who are willing to be in your projects and all that. But script writing is really kind of a thing where it's like, you can just like tune everything out for two hours and pound out something that's been on your mind for a while. It's, uh, I, I find it's very, even though, even if you can't necessarily go out and make it right away, I find it's a very, very fun part of the process. Oh, for sure. I love that's my favorite thing. I loved in college. It's something like I miss now because I don't do as much like script writing, script writing work as I used to because, you know, I don't have as many projects that are, um, you know, write your own script or anything. Mm-hmm. What I miss most is writing like with multiple people. Yeah, I loved that. That was like my favorite thing was like bouncing ideas off of each other and just kind of like letting the story go like like not really like having like a set plan of what it's going to be, but kind of just letting everyone's idea flow into like, a, like really like awesome story that comes together at the end. I love that. Mm. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it, I, I kind of wished like my whole college experience was very, uh, I, I kind of took it the wrong way. If that makes any sense. When I first started out, I kind of looked at it as this whole, like, um, I really want to be a director and I have to outshine everyone else because it's a competition with all these people. But one thing that I kind of realized too late was that uh, the whole environment is is super collaborative. I've said it before. It's like not everyone wants to be like the, the best director. Some people just really want to be a good uh, like sound technician or some people are just really – really good at writing or some people just want to edit someone else's project so it's the one thing that i would say that i wish that i had learned starting out at college is that it it, to take advantage of that collaborative environment because i mean like you said it's not really i mean it's kind of you can like send stuff to your friends and be like hey does it have what do you think of this but like a lot of even a lot of times like you need someone who has been through this process or like is in this kind of line of work to like really be brutally honest with you about stuff, you know? Absolutely. Cause no matter what, like, I, I don't know about your friends, but with my friends, when I would show them stuff that I wrote or anything, they'd be like, this is awesome. Like I, you need to make a movie. And then I'll show like someone in class and they're like, 
oh, like, what about this and that? And it's not like one opinion is like, obviously one opinion makes you feel better than the other, mm -hmm. but the opinion that makes you not feel good is the opinion that you need, you know? Exactly. Because that like, makes you think. And um, I definitely, like, understand what you mean, like, when you went into the major and you're like, oh, I need to, like, be the best. Because our major, there are some people who, you know, are, like, competitive about it. And I think it's in, like everyone's nature in our major to be competitive because it's such a competitive um like line of work you know yeah um, to work on a big set with like over 50 people and to be the director and like the one that everyone answers to that's like a big thing mm -hmm. but i think that's awesome that you kind of like humbled yourself and brought yourself back down to earth you know <laughs> yeah i think that's definitely a necessary part of the process is to just recognize okay we're all here to help each other and mm -hmm. it's going it, to, you, it's better to have more friends than not. Cause the, they cannot help offer you connections down the road. Could, you're not always going to fall into doing exactly what you want all the time. And I, I guess just having that network is, is, uh, is a really good thing. Oh, for sure. Like, and having somebody just be like, Hey, can you, Hey, I wrote this. Can you act in it real quick? And, like, having someone in the major who is your friend, you know, they get it, you know. Like, they understand, like, what, go, what went into that. And it's kind of not, like, a joke. Whereas, like, if you grab, like, some ran someone else, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the major to act in something, they don't really understand the time and everything that went into it. They're not as serious about it or anything. But it, you're right. You're totally right. In our major, like, you need to be connected with everybody because everything's a group project. And that's kind of what our industry, like the industry is, is like, and honestly, any line of work, unless you really are like an independent freelancer and you do everything by yourself, which is, I give anybody credit for if they do that, but I, I don't know any movie or anything that is a one person show, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think it's awesome that um we're in that type of environment and industry where it's all teamwork. Um, of course, you like it's important to have leadership skills, but um, people are kind of like you're in your job, like you're the leader of that job, you know, like lighting, like if you're if you're setting up, like you got to make sure you set up, you know, correctly on time. If you're breaking down, like you make sure you wrap those wires right, you know, like even mm. simple stuff down to that. Yeah, yeah, it is definitely a very collaborative environment and i mean it's like it, it is a little bit like it helps to be good at a little bit of everything but it's like you said like n no great movie was ever made by someone doing everything all the time i mean like you kind of have to open yourself up to collaboration i mean like some and not that's not to say there aren't movies out there where uh one person doing a lot of jobs is a hundred percent detrimental to the end product. I mean, like Shane Carruth is a, a guy who uh, he writes, directs, edits. Uh, he oftentimes stars in his stuff. He writes the music. He, I, I think there's a, a rumor going around. He does the craft services too, but like, wow. they, like he's, I think he's a very big exception to the, to the rule. You, you need to have that big network of people. And it's, it, it's always helpful that have people that you can rely on, especially in a field like this. For sure. And like having connections in this field is everything. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, and it's hard, you know, it's tough. Mm -hmm. So then I guess uh, the final general question I have that I always ask everybody since we are a movie centric podcast is what is your favorite movie or movies in general? Like um, it doesn't have to okay. be one. 
Okay, good. Because I know I have like a top five. Can I give you a top five? Sure. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to just say one. This is in no order. Okay. okay so Goodfellas. Hmm. Love Goodfellas by Scorsese, you know. <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's a great comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'll say like a newer movie too. Two newer movies, both starring Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Mm. Love that. Like watched it so many times, even though it's a three-hour movie. Yeah. Um, the Great Gatsby. Um, okay. I love that movie. That's like my favorite. I think that also has to because that's my favorite book. Mm. Um, so and also seeing Leonardo DiCaprio and that's nice too. Um, He's very much someone that like it really easily fits that role. Oh my gosh, totally, <laughs> totally. And even the wolf though, Margot Robbie, like she's like I love her. Even though Leonardo DiCaprio's in that too, mm-hmm. but Margot Robbie, that's like everything. Yeah, anything that, that, was, that yeah. she's in, she like instantly elevates it. I find. Oh my gosh, seriously, she's like a force of a woman. I love her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm gonna say Tommy Boy. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I, yeah. I like that one a lot. That's definitely one of my favorites. That I'm... didn't deserve to be the fifth named one, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's uh. That's... That was in no order. That was in no order, so it's fine. So those are like your go-to, like like you could be in any sort of mood, and you can put on any one of those movies, and you'll be oh yeah instantly like, I happy. I could watch Tommy Boy every single day. I could fall asleep watch. I used to fall asleep watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> that, that's a good one to but, fall asleep to. Yeah. I was really, I still am, but I love, um, like, when there's just random, like, song sung in <laughs> Like, I don't, like, I obviously, like, I love, like, Grease and um, Hairspray, both of those. Grease yeah. was, was a big movie. is a big movie for me, too. I love Grease. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I just love, like, kind of mixing, like, that theatrical presence in the movie. It's, like, out of nowhere. Sometimes it doesn't work with the movies. Sometimes, you know, it ruins yeah. it. Um, but I love it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's like a corny thing that I love. Yeah. I'm surprised more people don't talk about Tommy boy. Really? Like when they talk about like their favorite comedies from like the eighties or nineties, it's always like Jim Carrey or, uh, Robin Williams, but there's no one ever really, I mean, Chris Farley, I think was, he's a genius, but like no one ever really talks about that movie for some reason. I really like um, that one. I think that movie is, is like very underrated. I think what, it really breaks my heart like with Chris Farley because he died like so young and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's a a big reason why his movies aren't really talked about a lot because he did, you know, he left his legacy to the people that know it, but you know, Jim Carrey and like Robin Williams, like they're, I mean, Robin Williams is, um, you know, died like later on in his life. Yeah. um, And Jim Carrey's still kicking, you know, and still, Mm -hmm the best man ever still doing sonic the hedgehog <laughs> yeah, like he's, up to, he's up to something and he's like tweeting do you follow him on twitter uh yeah but i don't watch him that i know i know all of his like political cartoons and stuff that he does and those are pretty funny okay. but uh yeah. i don't read a lot of his uh tweets yeah i don't i don't really read his tweets but i do watch i mean i do like look at the cartoons that he does yeah because they're really awesome mm-hmm 
Apparently that's like his big like pastime is he also does like painting. I think he might have stuff in like museums and stuff, which is like really weird. Yeah. There was a short, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's, it's like maybe like 10 minutes long on YouTube. Uh, you have to link I'll, that. I yeah, yeah, yeah. That. I'll put that in the description. It's called like Jim Carrey, I Need Color or something like that, where he it's just mm-hmm. talking about like how he got into painting and like it shows like his like home studio where like the whole thing is like covered in just like splotches of paint. There's like canvases on top of each other. It's 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 pretty crazy. It's a lot of him talking uh-huh. like, are you familiar with that um that documentary? It was on Netflix. Uh, where he was talking about the man on uh, man on the moon, the one comedy he did where he like, he says that he like blacked out and it was like a, a a biopic about this like famous comedian. And he said that like, Oh, Andy, Andy, Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Andy Kaufman. Yes. I love that. I love that. The movie or the documentary. What'd you say? The, are you talking about the man on the moon or the documentary? The documentary with Jim Carrey. Yeah. Yeah. I watched that. I loved it. And it made me like, learn so much about Jim Carrey. I feel like if I could spend any time, spend time with any actor, all right, besides Steve Carell, that's <laughs> different. That's a whole different story. Actually, no, Jim Carrey definitely above Steve Carell. I'm just gonna put that into the universe. But <laughs> okay. I would sit down with Jim Carrey. And after seeing that Andy Kaufman, mm-hmm. that was insane. But yeah. he's like that. That's why he's so good. You know, like he really gets into his role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, like what I was going to say was the, the the painting thing is is a lot of like that same kind of philosophy where he talks about like the universe and like the our greater like scheme in it and like the philosophy of yeah. like life and being ha- it's pretty interesting I thought. I'll definitely put that in the uh Please link it to me. Yeah, I'll I'll send it to you when we're done, but uh yeah, that that's I think it's like 10 minutes. So anyone who's watching this interested in Jim Carrey, you have no excuse not to go <laughs> watch it. It's right out there on YouTube. But uh yeah, speaking of interesting uh, projects, uh, Women of Mystery, I, 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 that was just randomly recommended to me uh, by Instagram. It's like, oh, you should check out this page. And then I, and it said that uh, a couple of Kutztown people followed it. So I checked it out, and I was like, oh, man, this is some really impressive photography. And then I saw that you were running it. And uh, so, I mean, yeah, just, just tell us a little bit about Women of Mystery, how you started all that. Okay, so... I started Women of Mystery because I wanted to create a platform that had a more like one had like a more defined target audience for um, like the content in it. And I also wanted to create a platform where women um, creatives, women creatives could share their work, um, collaborate with me. Um, we could learn from each other um, and just kind of like like we were talking about earlier, like how important connections are. Mm-hmm. Um, just basically create connections with um, models and influencers and other – I've been working with other photographers too. Um, hmm. uh, I mean, not recently since uh, this pandemic, but um, <laughs> right, right. Uh, I've been working with um, like aspiring photographers. I've been helping people out. Um, your your podcast has reached out to me. A couple others have reached out to me also. Hmm. But um, I've really just created it to ultimate. The ultimate goal is to like have a great amount of following and use the f- platform to promote female artists. That's the end goal. Hmm. Um, so 
But also, you know, obviously I support, like, just because I have a woman of mystery doesn't mean I want to, like, put that out there. It doesn't mean I don't support, you know, men of mystery, <laughs> <laughs> like, men who are in the industry and anything like that. You know, I just wanted to, like, I'm a woman in the industry. Um, there's a lot of, like, mo- female models who are uncomfortable working with some male photographers, like, you know, if they want to do something. Right. Um, and I love to help people with that, and I love to make um, women look and feel beautiful, you know? Yeah. And I, I definitely say that you did a great job of it because every single time I see one of the posts, I'm like, Oh wow, that's some really amazing work. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Like that means, that means so much to me. Of course. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I think the, the fact that you had so many followers and how long ago since, well, bleh, that was bad English. How, <laughs> how long ago uh, did you, did you start up the account? Cause it's gotten a pretty decent amount of followers, I'd say. Yeah, so um, I started the account, I believe, like in the beginning of February. February. Mm. So it's been about two months, less than two months, because it's only like halfway through April. Yeah. And I have a little bit of over um, 100 followers. I'm almost at 200, I think. I'm at like 167. Close to it, yeah. Yeah, close to it. But yeah, I've been getting um, a lot more traction. I've been doing these edits that are kind of like groovy um like fantasy dreamy fairy tale edits and um i've been also like offering to sell those and those edits for just five dollars um i definitely a lot of people have been like why aren't you you know selling it for more but you know i'm just doing this like i'm starting out too like i'm not a graphic designer or anything but i'm trying to like push myself like as a creative and um kind of just see where i can like learn more you know yeah and it's like you said, it's like having bringing that many people together to share tips and tricks and like talk about their experiences and share some of the work they're proud of is definitely the, the perfect way to go about doing that, I think. Absolutely. Like I, I even after my first I posted like my first like photo collage that I made and I had like two other people in my, you know, in my DM saying, hey, this is like really good. Um, Like, what do you use? Like, this is what I use. Um. And we were just like, you know, went back and forth and they were just telling me like apps that they used that were like helpful to them that kind of made their editing process more um, like made the editing process easier and quicker, you know? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like I just I'm at first, you know, I was a little bit kind of timid about it because I do have my, a, another production page, my Girardi Productions page, mm-hmm. which is um a more of kind of like I would say like my startup page like if you go all the way back like it's like overly saturated edits and like mm-hmm. just you know like it definitely shows like growth on that page but I wanted like a clean slate um this has more of direction this has more of um kind of just like I have more ideas like to fuel it and um, there's more direction for it, and uh, I'm like very confident about it. Like I don't, I just feel like it's going, it's going well. And e- you know, even if the following gets slowed down or whatever, and even during this stuff right now, I'm just kind of trying to use it as um, to better myself as a creative, as a photographer, and yeah. just you know, help other pe- other females and women out too. And like even like this, like going on your podcast and like talking about it, and like help helping you you know like that's awesome like you're helping me it's a mutual beneficial mutual beneficial relationship you know 
Of course, yeah, and it's definitely that's the, just the, keeps reiterating that point that we uh, that we're making. It's it's all about uh, connections and getting other people's names out there and helping each other uh, thrive. Absolutely, you can always learn from like anyone, and that's kind of you know in like our climate, like society of uh, like social media can be so saturated, and um, we can we see like all the same stuff all the time. I thought it would kind of be. Um, a fresher idea to create a platform like that rather than, I don't know, some something random that you always see on your Instagram, like a meme page or something. Right, yeah, that's more genuine. Yeah. So uh, through the, the, so the title, Women of Mystery, you, we keep on saying it's uh, promoting women, contacting other women and collaborating and and that whole environment. And we also talked earlier about like the uh, – sort of different ratio between men who want to be involved and women who want to be involved in this line of work. Uh, yeah. We touched on it a little bit back in episode four, I want to say when, uh, yeah, episode four, when we had Heather Hamilton on, uh, we talked about women in film and uh, the sort of, I don't want maybe, well, I guess injustices is a good word, but like sort of just on a general level, like the kind of lack of representation. So I, I think one of the, the, the good things about having that page is that it's like you said, it, it promote it's like, it says, Hey, we're here and we're, we're just as good as this as, as you. And it kind of does it in a very, like, I think a lot of rhetoric is like, uh, Hey, we're, we're just as good. It's very kind of like angry. You know what I mean? But like mm-hmm. your, but your page is very like, Hey, look, check us out. We're, we're here too. And we're, we're, uh, we're open to collaborate and we're open to help each other out. And I think that's a very good, uh, good way of approaching it. So I guess a very long winded way of of getting to the next point, but I guess, uh, what is your stance on like the whole representation issue as it stands today? Um, I understand what you're saying about, um, what you said about like coming off as like aggressive, you know, some pages that are um, like female oriented or like a little bit radical, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it's definitely like that on both sides. I find, I think that the unfortunate thing is that the more loud, angry people are the people who generally get the spotlight that we, you see all yeah. the time people, but you see like people all the time being like, Oh man, women aren't, aren't as good as men. And then the women being like, no, we're just as good as you. Like, but then it, it completely ignores the, the moments like this where it's like, Hey, we're, we're here and we, we're not here to exclude anyone. We're here to just show you we're, we're capable word like yeah um exactly what you're saying is inclusion i think that is something that um i'm really like striving for you know Mm -hmm. i like just being a female photographer i myself the only type of i guess sexist like discriminatory thing that i've experienced um being like a female in our industry was only really in school which is kind of sucks to say but um uh in school I felt like just because it was like so many and maybe also you know this is just my first year out of college I don't have um necessarily onset in experience so I don't know firsthand on firsthand like what another female's experience is on set or anything like that but just you know through research through what I've heard and everything like that you know, it's hard to, you know, break that glass ceiling to become a female director. Mm-hmm. And I think it sucks, but I think, you know, I like, 
there's a lot of like uncertainties with like oh uh, women women in film and and uh, men in film and like the disconnect but I think that especially in our times like we've come a long way um, if you go to the website women in film that's awesome resource there's a lot to learn about on there um, but I think I don't think approaching this situation with like hatred for men and like air ignorance and stuff like that is helpful I think you know just doing what you can do to promote yourself promote what you think is creative and put it out in the world like it's going to come back to you 10 times over if you do it with like a pure heart pure intentions um it doesn't matter if you're you know a woman or a male or anything like that that was like the most calm way I could put it I think. yeah then I definitely agree 100 percent it's it's a lot it, it's it's finding that sort of like what it like like you said whatever you put out is gonna come back to you so that's I, I think a very good way of uh of summing yeah, that up I, I didn't and I feel like sometimes there's a misconception about the woman of mystery page because um it is like all it's all fem it's female made it's female collab collaborating um I shoot like the content is of females you know mm -hmm. I work with female models um but in no way shape or form am I trying to you know separate like the male from female all I'm trying to do is create a platform that is only you know not yeah. only you know is mimicking women's work because you know there's a lot of most like film pages and stuff like that a lot of the content on that is mostly you know made by a man you know mm -hmm. or features uh work made for men right so it's just like another resource for like women empowerment and you know yeah as motivate as a motivation and stuff like that um i like one thing that like i love that like happened about like a week ago was like a younger girl messaged me and she was like i love this page like so much like i want to like direct movies and stuff like that like she was talking about like stranger things or something <laughs> she's like stranger things like inspired me like and i was like you know what what if this girl like one day ends up you know and i and she's like if i can help you with anything like let me know so you know like helping younger girls like find their confidence you know in it and um give them a resource and help them out maybe be like a mentor to them that's like something that i would love exactly yeah it's like that uh, i've mentioned this quote a few times but kevin smith uh had this really great quote where it, it's it's much longer than than this but the the main point was uh it costs nothing to encourage an artist and you'll never understand the full benefit of a simple like pat on the back or like a, a few words of encouragement or like having an Instagram page that just focuses on one demographic and shows like, Oh man, I could do that. I can, I can, I could one day, uh, if I work hard enough, I can have, I can have this sort of skill set and I can achieve what this person is achieving. And, uh, I think it's, it's invaluable and I, I, it's hard for me to really understand cause I'm like pretty, the, like most, I, I don't know the word, like the most, uh, the most widely represented, I guess, de demographic in, in the media. So it's hard for me to understand really the importance of like, of someone being like, oh, of having my demographic represented, but I can imagine that, uh, especially in, in that girl's case, it sounds like, uh, you were very influential and very important in that step along her journey. For sure. And I just want to like give you credit, like where credit is due, like what you said about like your demographic and everything, how you're like the, um, 
like the most common demographic that's what separates you from some people in your demographic is that you go out of your way to um learn and be educated about the other demographics experience like my experience as a woman in film like you reached out to me and wanted to learn about my what I was what I'm working on um you know and you wanted to help you know help help me out you know and I'm very grateful for that and um knowing that there's there are people and um men in the industry who are supportive of woman in film that's awesome and i love to see it so thank you of course yeah no no problem it's just like i said it's the, the unfortunate thing of like the loudest angriest voices being the ones that are talked about mm-hmm. the most so yeah it's just again keep going back to that collaborative point it's just it's something that there needs to be more of uh so and I'm I'm sure we could go on and on forever about the whole issue of representation and the politics of it all. But I think if anyone's interested in hearing more of that discussion, you should definitely check out the episode I did with Heather Hamilton. She had a lot of very very interesting points to make about the whole um, issue and and where we are today in our uh, in our progress, I guess, of uh, of being mm-hmm. more understanding and being more uh, open to different viewpoints. So definitely check out that episode if you guys haven't listened to that before but uh i guess yeah any other any other things you wanted to say about uh women in mystery or uh any other projects you have going on before we move on um i think i'm good i just basically want to say thank you for everything thank you for letting me a um a star in your show <laughs> of course yeah no i, I i've uh, the conversations have been great so far i'm interested for when we get into the uh the film discussion segment which looks like oh it's coming goodness. up right now so uh awesome. <laughs> so i guess uh really quick for anyone who hasn't seen the show before how this works is i used to have a youtube show where i would recommend uh monthly it would be a monthly series i'd recommend like 10 movies or so and I'd talk about why I liked them, why I thought people should be watching them. But obviously, when you show footage of a movie on YouTube, that gets flagged by copyright all the time. And I also hated how awful my voice sounded when I was like jiltedly reading off of a really poorly written script. <laughs> so that's why I ended that series, but I still wanted to do film discussion. So that's why we have this podcast. So every episode, the guest recommends me a movie, and I recommend the guest a movie. And we come together and we discuss. So the two movies, as I'm sure you gathered by the title so far, were My Cousin Vinny and A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. So I guess uh, we'll just start with uh, My Cousin Vinny. So uh, that was the movie Allison recommended me. So uh, we'll we'll talk a little non-spoilery at first. And then I guess once we've talked for, about it for a while, we'll get into spoilers. But uh, I guess what is My Cousin Vinny about? So my cousin Vinny is about um, these two kids who are basically um, trying to, like, get off. Like, they need a lawyer and they need help. And that's where um, my cousin Vinny comes into play. Vinny is Vinny <laughs> is um, uh, not, I wouldn't say a not well-equipped um, lawyer. But thankfully, he has uh, Mona Lisa Vito on his side, which is his beautiful girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And um, they kind of just try to work through this um, case and f- make sure that the, that his nephew doesn't go to jail. And it's an up and down, and it's so good. Joe Pesci and Marissa Tommy are in it, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely so a very fun. funny movie. 
I that's I have this whole list of uh well first of all my watch list uh on IMDb is something like 2000 movies long but I have this whole long wow. side list of movies where it's like the they're the like and I'm sure everyone has them where it's like the movies that everyone says that you should watch but you just haven't gotten around to seeing them yet. And my cousin Vinny has definitely been on that list for a long time. So first of oh all, my gosh. I, I'm really, I'm really thankful that you recommended that one. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a really, really funny movie. It has like, um, when I, I saw a couple clips of it at first and I thought, okay, we're, it's just like a wacky courtroom drama. Okay. That, that's mm-hmm. kind of what I can expect, but it's not really like a, a lot of it like is like the shenanigans that go on in the courtroom, but, uh, there's, there is a lot of like fun relationship kind of drama and comedy that comes out of Joe Pesci and Marissa Tomei. Uh, is that how you, is it, it's Tomei, right? That's yeah, how you pronounce your last name. Okay. Yeah. So there is a lot of, um, really great comedy that comes out of them. There's a lot of really good, uh, the one thing they, they, they kind of do like the who's on first gimmick with like the misunderstanding, uh, what's going on situation. Like, especially early on where, uh, you got Ralph Macchio confessing to the, to <laughs> shoplifting tuna and the police thinks he thinks he's talking about, uh, this murder investigation or when Joe Pesci shows up in the prison and, uh, <laughs> he's, and he's talking about like, he's like, look, you should be grateful. It's you getting fucked. Not me. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> for, uh, uh, it's just, uh, uh, it's, it's such a, um, it, it's a really, really funny movie. So good. And honestly to be like for Marissa Tomei to be in a movie with Joe Pesci and low key, like ugh, Joe Pesci is Joe Pesci. But in my opinion, I feel like her role in that was definitely more of like a power role than Joe Pesci's. Yeah. And it doesn't really, I, I think that that was one thing that I was really, I was really glad about because it doesn't start off that way. It starts off kind of, well, I mean like they do have that line in the first scene she's in where he's like, she's an automotive expert. What do you mean? There's mud in the tires, but uh, like throughout, like especially like kind of when she's from when she's first introduced up until maybe like the last act, it is kind of, she seems like she is kind of just like the, uh, did like right. And then she like comes in and yeah. And then I not to spoil a hundred percent what happens yet, but she does kind of come in and, uh, and save the day in a, in a very unexpected way, or maybe not unexpected, but in a way that, uh, yeah, yeah. I I guess that was the word for it. Uh, (laughs) but yeah, no, it it was, it was just a really funny movie. And like we said, the performances are really, really great. Uh, I was expecting it to focus. Like that was the one thing that kind of surprised me is that, uh, I thought it would focus on, uh, Marissa, uh, no, not sorry, not Marissa. I thought it was going to focus on uh, more so on uh, Ralph Macchio and I forget the other mm-hmm. guy's name. I thought it was going to be mostly about like them and Joe Pesci. I didn't, I wasn't expecting it to turn into this sort of relationship drama between uh, yeah. between Joe Pesci and 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 her. But it was uh, th- those were the best scenes in the movie. I feel like is whenever they're just kind of talking about where she's like, my biological clock is ticking. And he's like, I don't need one other thing to distract me here. Those were hilarious. She was, yeah. she was great. And he's so good too. He's great. Mm-hmm. I can't believe- no, it's crazy too. That was a movie that I didn't see for the longest time. I only recently saw it like a month ago mm. for the first time. And I feel like <laughs> the major two was always talked about 
always. People are always talking about it. Honestly, my whole life, everyone's always talking about this damn movie. <laughs> and now, was, finally, we both get the chance to see it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And everyone listening, like, please go watch it. Please mm, watch it. Definitely, yeah. If you guys, are, I, I, I always. Uh, tease how you can watch uh the the uh the movies in on, on my instagram story and in the description for the the video so definitely if you haven't seen my cousin Vinny yet you should pause this and use any one of those links to go and watch it i think i rented it for uh i want to say maybe like three or four dollars on amazon prime uh i think it's about that same price on most other platforms i don't know if it's on netflix or hulu or anything like that but it, it is really easy to find so you don't really have an excuse not to go watch it for yourself it's a need it's not a want it's a need. <laughs> <laughs> what was the uh so i i guess what was some of your um uh i i guess we can we can spoil it a little we, we right. kind of get into spoilers say, I need yeah. to spoil it. <laughs> no it's okay so yeah again the, use that as your cue uh go watch it now and come back <laughs> when you uh uh come back when you're finished and you can be in on the conversation so uh, I, I guess what were some of your favorite uh, scenes or gags throughout that happened in the movie? One of my favorite scenes for sure is um, the grits scene mm-hmm. when they go it when they go into that place. He's like, "What the hell is this?" And he's like <laughs> eating grits. For the, she's like, "It's grits." Yeah. And they both try it for the first time, and she's like, "This is so foul." <laughs> and he honest, and no one else I love about that movie. This is like unrelated to like film related i guess mm-hmm. but um the the style like the design like i love that like old-fashioned like italian mob like the way he dresses up and stuff like that one of the gags <laughs> that i loved was like the suit that she went to get him yeah. that he had to wear for um <laughs> for the meeting i actually was gonna try to like use this suit this like what is it like a pantsuit top that i had and mm-hmm. i wanted to like and like kind of like paint that white and black design that mona lisa vito wore on the stand mm. which spoiler alert here it comes she <laughs> she basically saves the day because um she like knows the the time that like the tire was like I don't even know what is she. We we sh- I should read the whole entire thing. Yeah, no, that I I because I, I, I yeah sure if you want <laughs> it was yeah but it, it it's like it just like goes back to what we had said where it's like the uh, like it, 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 the, the, you had said it best where she starts off as this very like ditzy you don't think there's like she's just there to be comic relief but then she like drops science on the uh, <laughs> on on the whole uh, the jury and everyone. <laughs> she dropped some fact she had it's a jaw-dropping performance yeah wait <laughs> it's something about like the uh like the way the car was built because she's like uh she used to be like like working her like dad's like auto shop or whatever so she knows like everything there is to know about cars literally like dropping like model numbers and like the year like a specific part was made and like all sorts of crazy it's it's really funny Okay, I got it. Okay, great. All right, let's hear it now. For for the first uh, first time on the Watchlist podcast, we have a dramatic recreation of the uh, of of my cousin Vinny. Take it away. Chevy didn't make a three twenty. I can't do it. I can't. Okay. Not... Well, hold on. Are, are there other? <laughs> are, are there no. other? 
All right, hold on, hold Chevy on. Chevy didn't make a 327, a 55-inch rims. The 327 didn't come out till 62, and it wasn't offered in the Bel, Bel Air with a four-barrel. See, I can't even say it because I don't even know what I'm saying. Just <laughs> oh, know that she dropped some mechanical engineering facts on everybody, yeah. and nobody expected it. Yeah, and it's it's amazing. I love that. But uh, yeah, that, that's because it's it's like the the um, the, I, it, it is such like an oh shit moment where like where she gets up on the stand and uh, you're like okay well what's his plan here like she can't know that much about cars or whatever and then the uh, the prosecution guy comes out and then like he he does his like long hypothetical question and she can't answer it at first. And you're yeah. like, oh, they're screwed. But then she's like, well, no, it's because it's a uh, it, the question doesn't make any sense because like, and here's why you're you're an idiot for asking that. And it's like, and you're like, oh, damn. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, that 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 whole sequence from from that point to the end of the movie is uh, is amazing. And I mean, even aside from that, I like like the running gag of them like constantly trying to find like a uh, a quiet place to sleep, and there's always something that uh, that gets in oh. the way. I love it. Yeah, like the car scene, like all of that. That's mm-hmm. so good. So I like good. the um the, the the one of my favorite moments in the in the movie is when he he gets um Joe Pesci gets like held in contempt for like the third time or whatever, and he's like, "Just leave me in prison. Maybe I'll get a good night's sleep." And then like it shows a, like there's like a, the sounds of like a riot happening, and you think, "Oh great, he's not gonna get any sleep." But then it pans over, and he's <laughs> sleeping like a baby. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that so much. It, it's it's really funny. Yeah, there's a lot of like like technical comedy stuff that they use that like we learn in like comedy class, like callbacks and like stuff like that. Just like how they set it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like they really delivered really well on all of their on the all the jokes. Joe Pesci though, how how can he not? At the height of his like, ah, oh, yeah, modern style. Like like he was like when he was known for like <laughs> yelling and having a having an attitude. Exactly. Which actually millions off of just being like ignorant. (laughs) Exactly. Joe Pesci and Marissa Tomei, check them out. (laughs) Couple goals, and I I love I I I love like the recurring thing of like them like trying to like figure out their their wedding or whatever. And he's like, when I win my first case, then we'll uh, we'll go off and get married. And then he wins his first case, and he's like. Yeah, but I, I didn't do it by myself, so it doesn't really count. And it's like, it's just, uh, and like we end on them like driving off and and yelling at each other. It's just, uh, uh, it's a great way to end the movie. I like how it, like the movie starts with like being about, oh man, how are these two kids gonna get out of trouble? But then it like, but then it turns into like, oh man, aren't these two people cute? Like, yeah, it's like a, <laughs> like a low key love story. You don't really see it coming though, mm-hmm. at all. And I love how like they they like they have that fight and then they make amends on on the uh, on the witness stand too. That was that yeah. was really good. Because like that's like her whole act is like she's like this petty mm-hmm. petty girl, you know, petty woman. Yeah, it, it's it, it, her performance is really funny. Uh, and then yeah, I, I, I don't know what else to say. It's just a really really funny, enjoyable uh, movie. A lot of good, uh, well written. Uh, well written uh, like you said there's like a lot of classic comedy techniques where it's like you have the misdirection or like the callback and all that mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of moments like that there's some visual humor that's that's really great uh i i think my favorite scene overall just like just because of how stupid it is is uh 
he's in the, the, the where they're talking about going deer hunting. I, I really like where he's like, I, I'm gonna get I'm, I'm gonna get the files from him. I'll finesse some fr- information out of him, and yeah. uh, and you're like, oh man, what's he gonna do? And then they're in the car, and he's like. Hey, can I take a look at your files? And you're like, oh, he just fucked up. And then the guy was like, oh no, yeah, sure, I'll I'll fax him over to you. And like, it's such a short like throwaway joke, but I love that moment so much because it's just like this this like tense buildup where you're like, oh man, what shenanigans is going to come out of this? And it just resolves itself like that. It's it it's just too funny. It's so intense for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, no. So definitely check, definitely check out my cousin Vinny, if only for uh, seeing a good uh, comedic relationship drama with a court case thrown in. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's random. It's very random. I'll I'll give it that. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's not that long, right? It was only like it's less than like an hour and a half. Yeah, right? something like that. I, th- I think yeah. it's about an hour and a half, or maybe a little bit less, if memory serves. But it doesn't. It doesn't feel that way at all. It, like it, mm-hmm. it, it goes by fast. It feels like it goes by fast, but it goes by fast in the way where it's like you want it to keep going by the time that it, uh, that it ends. Yeah. So good. I wish there was like another one. Mm. Like just about their relationship, like a second one. I heard there was supposed. Yeah, no, I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now. There was a proposed sequel. Uh, where the scriptwriter he talked about doing a sequel involving uh, Vinny going to England, but Marissa Tomei didn't want to do it for some oh. reason. So oh. uh, the studio, yeah, it says the studio hired another screenwriter to rework the script without her character in it, but eventually the project was shelved. I mean, I guess it just goes to show it doesn't work with her in it at all. Would, yeah, <laughs> that, is, that makes it even more iconic that they were going to do a second one, and she was like, no. And Joe Pesci wasn't enough for them to still do it. They were like, wow. <laughs> Joe Pesci it, just wasn't enough. Uh, I, wonder, I wonder, she probably had other projects that she was working on. Probably, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, this would have been, yeah, way later in uh, 2012, it says this, uh, the interview happened. Uh, and then, I, oh, and there's there's a, um, it says there's a series of novels based, uh, the author Lawrence Kelter began a My Cousin Vinny novel series with Back to Brooklyn, which is intended to be in the spirit of the... with uh let's see the series depicts the further cases of Vinnie Gambini and with Mona Lisa operating as his investigator after additionally right okay so yeah it looks like there there's a spiritual successor uh in a in a series of books uh okay so I guess if you if you have if you just can't get enough of my cousin Vinnie uh let's see what is the uh okay so I guess the book is called Back to Brooklyn uh I feel like I've heard of that, to be honest. Huh. Yeah, I, I, I this is the first time I'm hearing about it. Yeah, back to Brooklyn, and then uh, there's another, I guess there's two of them where it's, yeah, the, back to Brooklyn, and then there's one coming out soon called Wing and a Prayer, but... Okay, so then yeah, there's a there's additional reading material if you're if you just cannot get enough if you just cannot get enough My Cousin Vinny, uh, check out uh, either of those... Uh, either of those books. Um, and then moving on to the movie, I recommended Allison. Uh, we were in the kind of in the spirit, we were talking about powerful women in, uh, in film. Uh, I recommended her, uh, a girl walks home alone at night, which is directed by, 
I don't I don't want to butcher her last name. Anna Lily Amarpour. Uh, yeah, Amarpour. You got it. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, so yeah, no, she is a um, Iranian American. Yeah, our Iranian American director. Uh, this was her feature film debut. Uh, she's done a couple things since then. Uh, famously, I think probably the most famous thing that she's done is The Bad Batch. Uh, which I haven't seen yet. Uh, and then she has two upcoming projects, but uh, this was the um, her first feature film that really put her on the map. And I think it's a very, very good uh, breakout uh, feature film. Uh, not a lot. It's like a, a, a very interesting horror movie, I think. Like, and in, and in, in a setting and uh, some subject oh, matter that you don't really uh, get to see that often. It was so good. I'm so happy you recommended that to me, and I don't know how I'd never heard of it before, honestly. Yeah, Holy it's, shit. it's a shame, because I, I don't... How did, did you see it on Netflix, or did you have to go through another platform? Um, I watched... I rented it off YouTube okay. for, like, $3, but it was worth it. It was so worth it. Yeah, because I remember I remember seeing it on on Netflix, but then when I checked, I was like, "Oh, damn, it's not." Because because like, let's be real, like people will see that will see movies on all sorts of platforms. But I think a lot of the like the litmus test or whatever for if someone's gonna watch something or not is is, is it on Netflix? Can I queue yeah. it up easily on Netflix? So uh, <clears throat> it's a shame that it's not that readily accessible anymore. But if you you definitely should check it out if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, I guess to summarize the plot, it's kind of about this um, this young dude who's like in his mid twenties or so, and he's just kind of working to get by, save money, live his life. Uh, he has a drug addicted father he takes care of, uh, and who sort of like brings him down a little bit. And then, sort of out of nowhere, this uh, woman, this nameless woman, appears. Uh, and she starts kind of like showing up in his hometown at night and like will follow people around and just kind of act strange and she doesn't really do much. And then uh, they show this in the trailer, so it's not quite a spoiler, but she um, it turns out she's a vampire and uh, she sort of goes around punishing uh, the bad people in this town and not knowing what she is, he kind of becomes obsessed with her and the movie becomes like about the two of them kind of exploring their, uh, their relationship. So I guess I know you said that you really enjoyed it. So, uh, which first of all, that's, that's great to hear. I'm really glad that, uh, you liked the movie, but, uh, what were some of your, uh, favorite aspects about the movie? I loved the idea of, um, a female lead that was basically killing people who were, um, like mistreating sex workers, I think that's incredible, and I it ugh, I I love it. I loved it, and I loved how she didn't really like she didn't even talk like really ever, mm-hmm. but like you really felt that like heaviness about her, and like even just like with that one scene where like her ear gets pierced, you know, mm-hmm. like she, oh, she's just wild. But I loved that um she was kind of like. Um, a free like soul like in the scenes where you see her in public she's this really like dark person who um is like a killer and she's kind of like a protector in a way she kind of protects um she protects um women prostitutes and like just vulnerable women from um 
men that are like trying to hurt them or abuse them mm-hmm. and um she's kind of like low-key like a vampire superhero in a way <laughs> yeah, like, that's yeah. like what i was getting from it at first like but um yeah like she like it, that was just so crazy i really didn't really understand at first the relationship part i kind of wanted it like when when saeed came into like the picture I kind of was like, oh, I kind of wish this was just about like her, like killing, <laughs> killing all these people who like who were disrespectful, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, I like how they like revealed it. It was like in a way where like she didn't want to be a killer, you know. Mm-hmm. Like she wanted to feel like free and like you know like, like how she fell in her room. Like all those scenes that are very dramatic and her like dancing just like so freely and all that stuff. And then when she meets um Saeed and she kind of like takes down like her guard you know and yeah. like, she, she doesn't wear like her headgear and that's like definitely symbolic of like who she is and um oh it's just re- it's it's really good and you would think that because this movie is about two hours long and mm. I'm not gonna lie like when I saw that I was like oh my gosh it's two hours long <laughs> in black and white and, but I'm telling you, I watched it all the way through. It's oh, I'm sorry, running time 110 minutes. Yeah, so yeah, a little, a little, a little under two, two hours. Yeah, yeah, a little under two hours. But um, it, it it wasn't boring. Like it was slow in some parts, but in those slow parts, it's still it's tension. You know, it's like creating tension. So like you, it's not like it's slow and you can't like it's boring. It's slow, but like something is coming. Right. So, yeah, it's not like a boring. It's not boring. Like everything is shot really, really well. She does a lot of like those Dutch tilts, mm-hmm. which you only really see in like old noir stuff, which I thought was interesting. Um, at first, I thought it was like an old, like an old film, and then I saw the date on like when it was made, and I'm like, this was made like 2014, but she really made it seem like you know. Yeah. Back then, and she, I don't know, she did a really good job of, like, directing that and just, you know, even with, like, the camera work and, you know, an old film noir, like, where we were, like, forced to watch, like, all the time <laughs> in, 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 in whatever, whatever, like... Masterpieces um, and all that. Yeah, masterpieces yeah. in film. <laughs> all that stuff we had to watch. Like, she did a really good job of um, taking that and um, making it modern and making it fresh mm. and making it um like new yeah. you know like even with like the record player but um she kind of had like that i don't know if there was a picture of madonna on the wall but it was like an 80s creeper film right like, i loved that too she played off of like the 80s and like everything like that mm-hmm. it's a lot of different uh and i guess that like that could even be something as simple as like maybe that's like i cause they don't really say ever when the movie is set like i they there i think there's um a lot of people in the movie whenever you see like a cell phone it's like a like a flip phone so it might be like a little bit old but i yeah. i i think that like maybe one thing that that could be implying is that uh cuz you said that she doesn't really want to be this like killer or like this dangerous force or whatever maybe like the whole listening to 80s music or like indulging in like 80s uh like media or whatever is like maybe if, if we're talking purely like with the continuity of the movie movie that maybe that's when she was 
bitten or maybe that's when she turned and like that's her reminiscing to like an earlier time where she didn't have this burden but uh yeah. it definitely like it ground like it's like you said it, it the whole movie like plays with different like genres like it's it, black and white and a lot of it takes place at night so it's like a, a noir uh the one thing that the director had said was that she she described it as uh, uh, the first Iranian American vampire Western, uh, which oh there, <laughs> there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of Western elements. There's like a lot of, I mean, like it, it takes place in like a very kind of dusty, deserted yeah. rundown town, but, uh, there's yeah. a lot of like musical cues that like sound like they could fit in like an old Western. Uh, there's kind of like this like dramatic sense of like, you have like, kind of I don't want to say like the hero and his uh woman because it, it really is reversed like she kind of does everything for him without him knowing like mm-hmm. in, in in improving his life and all that but it does have that sort of dynamic of like all we have is each other and we're gonna ride off into the the sunset at the end and all that which uh, I guess we could get into a little bit of spoilers now if you want but uh the one thing I wanted to say really quick uh you reminded me uh uh, it was this is purely like anyone who listened to this did, who didn't go to Kutztown this doesn't mean anything but did you you had uh Johnston for masterpieces or did someone yeah. else teach that class um no yeah I think I did have Johnston I know I did okay yeah because I I had him too and it it, it bummed me out because he on his syllabus he like I don't know if he did this for you guys but he like printed out like what each like what movie we were going to watch on each day and he had uh all throughout I, I took it like the fall semester and all throughout October he had like scary movies that were considered masterpieces and he included this like in one of the ones we were going to watch but then he changed it last second and I was like oh damn it like all these people could have seen this amazing movie and now they're not gonna get, they're not gonna get the chance but uh, it, it is that like I didn't hear of it before even just from like my friends or anything like that yeah because it's so unique it's very unique um and it's just a good story. Mm-hmm. And but you know, like a lot of I feel like we like it because we like film. But I don't know if like it would be like a Netflix like hit. You know? Yeah. I really won a bunch of awards and stuff like that, but I don't know if it's something that people could get like in truly like invested in because you it is like being patient and kind of letting the story like unveil itself to you. Mm-hmm. And it's long, you know. Yeah, it is. And it's a lot of atmosphere. And yeah. yeah, it's a lot of atmosphere. Like the music is like the dialogue a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. You know, there isn't that much dialogue. You know, mm-hmm. um, the mu- the music though, the use of music in that was so awesome, so good, so yeah. clean. I really like the uh, the one scene. We can kind of get into spoilers here a little bit, but after uh, the um, the costume party where. Uh, the main guy Arash is, or is that how you pronounce it? I, I'm terrible with all these names. Uh, I guess it is. Yeah, Arash or whatever. Right. Where it is. Yeah. He where he's like he coming off of ecstasy or whatever, and he's trying to find his way home, and that's when he bumps into the girl. Um, and like every single time we've seen her up until now, it's been like she bumps into somebody, and if it's like a, a bad person or whatever, she kills them. Or in the case of that little boy, where he's like walking home. And she's like, are you a good boy or a bad boy? And he, like, won't admit that he kind of does, like, bad things. And he's and she's like, 
I'm going to be watching you your whole life. You better grow up to be a good boy. Like every single, the point being every single encounter we have with her up until that point is like, she's kind of this intimidating force and there's not really any inkling of like humanity. But then when she meets Arash and like they're talking, she kind of takes him home and like you see restraint, which is like kind of throws you off at first. But then you realize it's like you had said, like with through the listening to music and her kind of like, being in her element you realize that it isn't this isn't necessarily something that she wants it's something that she's like stuck with and and this guy sort of becomes her um not really like her savior but like her escape from that life like a muse or something yeah yeah yeah. and it it is very like i I like that to, to tie it to what you were saying like the the way they incorporate music in that scene i thought was really really good and also, like, any scene that she has where she's just kind of, like, staring someone down at night, it's just, like you said, it's so it's so tense, and, like, they kind of have, like, this droning, like, uh, like sort of under underscore throughout all of those scenes. There's not really a lot of, like, in-your-face uh, stings that you'd normally associate with, like, a horror movie. For sure. And, like, all, like, the kills and everything are, like, quick and just fast. Mm-hmm. It's very unexpected, and it's always like her victim is um doesn't expect it, and her victim's always like really calm. Yeah. Except for the little boy, but she didn't do anything to him. That part too was like jaw dropping to me. I was like, oh, so you just you're, you're wild. <laughs> yeah, this is how you get them. You, you scare them while they're young, and then they don't turn into yeah. uh, they don't turn into women abusers. Yeah, I was like, this is smart. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> taking notes (laughs) but yeah no it's uh it's it's just a really great uh, like uh, they they a lot of people describe it as a horror movie and it definitely does have horror elements but i it's like you said i think it definitely falls more into like kind of like a noir um sort of character study for her even though like like you said she doesn't really say a lot unless she's like talking with arash or uh Mm -hmm so there's not really much insight into her character, but like through watching the way that she acts and like the way that she does things, you do kind of like learn a lot about her and you like learn about her like mental process and all that. And it is a very interesting character study. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, there's a lot more to appreciate it about it. There's a lot more to appreciate about it other than it being just a, uh, a creepy horror movie. And, like, it's so odd, and, like, this is, like, weird, I guess it's kind of weird to say, but I, like, she directed it so well and, like, created that character to the point that made it, like, almost relatable, because, like, at one point, what like, the parts where she, like, is dancing in her room and stuff like that, like, I was like, wow, like, this is, is, like, is, like, me, like, this is me, like, you know, like, and, like, that him taking ecstasy and her like doing like that the dancing and stuff like that was like her ecstasy i don't know it was just so well put together mm-hmm. but we really like find out who she is like in her room like her room was a very big like element in the movie i feel yeah and also the cat are we gonna not talk about the cat yeah the cat was i kept on when they they they, they have it in the very first shot and i was worried like oh something bad's gonna happen to that cat by the end Wait, of this movie was it in the first shot because I, I definitely missed that i think so i think the opening shot is uh he he just walks into frame carrying the uh the cat i don't remember where he gets oh, no, it from I do remember he like steals it from like, oh the 
yeah yeah yeah. yeah yeah so uh no it's um yeah no so the, the whole there's always that trope of like the bad thing happened the, the bad thing always happens to the animal first in the horror movies i kept on waiting like oh man something's bad's gonna happen to that cat but uh yeah. no it was uh it makes it through to the end and uh it was it, it like it really kind of like it, it doesn't really become like an in, I, I guess kind of an integral character through like uh like revealing plot points and all that but it uh mm-hmm. it it was very like kind of smartly used in in a in a weird way like yeah like the like the last act like this is a spoiler but um like the way that the music was cur- curated with like the cat entering in the scene and then Arash kind of like has that moment of like I don't even know like he like figures out that she had to be the one that like got rid of her his dad mm-hmm. you know and it's like in that moment like you don't really know what's going to happen because there's zero dialogue but like you you're kind of like working through it with the music because then the music like changes a little bit and then it's like calmer like the music goes to like a more like calmer pace yeah and it's like they drive off into the sunset together because it's like it's what he wanted you know mm-hmm. like it, it's not what he wanted but it was like what he needed exactly yeah and the, the one thing that's like like you said he, he figures out that um that like that she had to have been involved in what happened to his dad which uh it is interesting because like he, he doesn't know in just the cat being there, he doesn't know for sure that like, she's necessarily the one who did it. Maybe he's just thinking, Oh, she has, she knows something or she was involved in some way, mm-hmm. but he still doesn't know. Like you're a vampire. He just knows, yeah. Oh, you did something wrong. And if I'm like thinking from his perspective, I'm thinking like, wait, you were also coming out of the, um, the place where that drug dealer's place. So, and I saw him dead. So you must have something to do with that. But like, he's, he still doesn't really like know what's going on by the end. And I liked that where it's like, he's, it's like, it's a very specific scenario, but it's a very like relatable kind of situation where it's like, I don't know if this is necessary. Like you, I just said, I don't know that this is necessarily the right thing to do, but it feels right so I'm going to go ahead and do it. And that's kind of like the note that we end on is like him being uneasy about her and her being like, I don't know if he can really accept what I am, but they both kind of have that mutual agreement of like, we both need this and we both kind of need each other. So let's be with each other for now. For sure. And then like, they just take their trip and they go like, they kind of like leave all, like they had to leave that all behind kind of. That's mm-hmm. what I got from it. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of took from it at first that he was just kind of saying, we need to get out of here purely because he's like, oh, my dad's dead. I could be next or whatever. But like, yeah, I, but like upon seeing it again, I kind of think of it as more of like a, uh, there's nothing here for me anymore. You're the only mm-hmm. tie that I really have to this area. And I got the sense that you kind of want to get out. So let's go away together and yeah it's it's a very um it, it just goes with like the whole thing that the director had said about it being a western it's just a very like uh let's leave this place behind all we need is each other but kind yeah. of like in a more unique sad kind of way yeah it's put together so well mm-hmm. 
love it. It's fantastic. Like I was trying to like find more stuff by her after that. Yeah. She uh, looking at her, uh, Wikipedia, it looks like she's done, uh, that, like I said, this is her first movie. Uh, she did the bad batch in 2016, which I think was more well known. Cause I, I, I haven't seen that movie, but the title definitely sounds familiar. Uh, looks like that had Jason Momoa. Oh, then to tie all the way back, we have uh, Jason Momoa, Keanu Reeves, and Jim Carrey were all in it. So uh, that has to be interesting. Uh, what else has she done? Uh, it looks like she did some TV work for uh, the new Twilight Zone, Castle Rock, and Legion, and Breakthrough. I don't know what Breakthrough is, but it looks oh, like I'm happy that she's like. I'm. I guess I'm late to this party because she's been doing so much stuff. Holy crap! Uh, yeah. No, it, it looks like. Uh, yeah, she's been definitely keeping busy. But I would definitely. I haven't seen the Bad Batch, but I'd definitely like to check that out. I actually no. I do. I do remember seeing clips of that. Now that I think about it, because I I remember Jim Carrey. He plays like a weird like uh, live in the desert hermit guy who never talks, which is like such a strange thing for. Jim Carrey to do like for Jim Carrey to just not talk in a movie, but, uh, it was, Oh man. But, uh, yeah, no. So Anna, uh, I, let's see if I can remember her last name, Anna Lily Amarpour. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely keep an eye out for her. She's been, looks like she's been doing, uh, some amazing work and I'm definitely eager to see, uh, what, what she puts out next. Me too. For sure. So I if, guess if we put anything out soon, we should do uh, another episode. Another episode, yeah. No, I'll I'll yes. have you on again, and uh, we'll recommend each other the Bad Batch, and uh, <laughs> we'll we'll check that out because it definitely sounds really interesting. I'm just even. I'm looking at the like the the poster for it, and I can just tell it's something. It's like a girl holding a gun, and it's like her butt and her <laughs> butt has like a winky face on it. It just looks like something I'd be into. I can just tell. Well, I guess, yeah, that's a teaser then. Uh, tune in sometime in the near future yeah. for Allison's return, and we'll talk about more Anna Lily Amarpour, uh <laughs> movies. So I guess on that note, we'll wrap this up. Uh, Allison, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I've had a great time talking with you, and uh, I'm really excited to see what you come up with next for uh, any of your video projects or the Women of Mystery page. or just You're very talented, and I can't wait to see what you come up with. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm so happy that I was able to come on. And um, I can't wait for this to be edited and to share this with, like, everybody. Because this is my actually my first podcast that I've ever been on. So oh, thank you so course. much. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was it was a blast. So, and again, uh, links to all of Allison's stuff in the uh, description. Any of, the, like, the weirdly specific things we mentioned will be down there, too. So on that note, thank you guys for watching the Watchlist podcast and tune in next week. We're going to have a, another content creator, friend of mine, Jacob Rohrbach on. He is a YouTuber who runs a bunch of, uh, well, I guess he runs a, 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 a web series uh, based out of Washington state called the creepypasta episodes. Uh, a lot of horror shorts and all that. Uh, he's also done a couple short independent, uh, independently funded movies and all that uh so definitely tune in for that episode uh check him out we'll talk about all the stuff he's done i recommended him scary stories to tell in the dark uh the new movie that uh came out last year i think uh 
based on the books of the same name. Uh, I'm not sure. Andre Avridal, I think is how you say his last name. He directed that movie and he recommended me La La Land starring Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone and directed by Damien Chazelle. So yeah, check, check out those movies. Uh, if you haven't seen either of them and again, Allison, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Can't wait to talk to you soon. Of course. And thank you guys for watching the Watchless Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye.